Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And these Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Because these are some of the protesters. I'm pretty sure that's Linda Sarsour who starts this all off. One after another after another being escorted out by the police. It's it's surreal. What happens is is when the police come and say, ma'am, they fall down, so they have to be dragged out. This is considered bravery in the the, the 21st century. They're not going to vote no. That's not how it's going to work. It's it's so pathetic. Brett Kavanaugh is going to get confirmed. And, and, And the craziest part is they still haven't even made a and an and argument as to why they shouldn't confirm Brett Kavanaugh, right? If if there were so many pieces and places where Democrats were saying they, they they're not going to vote for 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 Kavanaugh, right? And then they said, you know what, we're not gonna, we're not even going to have a meeting with with with, with Kavanaugh. We're not even going to have a meeting with the guy. It's, it's it's not worth it. Um. Okay. Well, then why do I care what you have to say? What does it matter? As a matter of fact, I'm upset with Chuck Grassley. He's the uh, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And I'm upset with Grassley because why does he, um, why in the world does he allow these people in? Why do they have to be in? Why do they have to sit there and, and be able to disrupt, throw them all out, have the hearing? The senators are still there. And they're doing their own job of disrupting. Did you? This is how it started. Did I even introduce myself? Did I say hi, Tony? I think I did. I think I did. I'm like, it's it's all been going on right now. It's been so crazy and so surreal. As to be believed, this is how it started. So, so Chuck Grassley, he is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, right? And he is welcoming Brett Kavanaugh there and, and introducing him. He is not two seconds in when Kamala Harris, senator from California, and then a bunch of other Democrats start losing their minds. On the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman Brett Kavanaugh, Mr. Chairman, to serve as Associate Justice, Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized for a question States. before we proceed. Regular order, Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night. Less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You're out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been given Kavanaugh an opportunity to have a meaningful to his wife, hearing Ashley. on the nominee. There are two daughters. 
Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, friends. Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, Judge we Kavanaugh's received 40,000 documents that we haven't been able else to review last today. night, and we believe this hearing should be postponed. I know this is an exciting day for all of and you. And it went here. on and on. And Enter right, uh, Richard Blumenthal, the Democrat from Connecticut. Recognized. I move to adjourn. The American people. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Directly from Judge Kavanaugh. He doesn't even want to have the hearing. I mean, that's fundamentally what it's about. Democrats don't want to have the hearing, right? They absolutely positively don't want to have uh, the, the, the hearing, right? This, this, this is who they are. And Kamala Harris has been very clear ab- about this stuff, very clear about how much she doesn't want Kavanaugh on the court, doesn't deserve to be on the court, the whole thing. This nomination differently, which is that this is one of the most important positions on the United States Supreme Court because, of course, replacing Kennedy is about the swing vote on the United States Supreme Court, and we need to look at what that means in terms of the replacement of Kennedy on issues like choice, on issues like the Affordable Care Act, on issues like same-sex marriage, knowing that Kennedy voted one way, but given Kavanaugh's track record, we have reason to believe that he actually would vote differently if these cases and these types of cases were presented to him. That has got to be like the ugliest, ugliest interpretation of what you think the court is. He's the swing vote. That's not how it's set up. There are four conservatives and four liberals, and then we have a swing vote. And they, based on how they feel in the morning, can make decisions one way or another way. And that's the way our founders wanted it. Aren't we so blessed to live in such a land? Why do I sound like Mr. Crab from SpongeBob? Right? I do. I sound like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Going to count me money now. SpongeBob, you're doing great work. How would you like to manage the store for no extra salary? That's not bad. That's not bad. I, who know? Huh? Get me into the into the voiceover business. That's all I need to do. Can I make the same money? Can I make more money? I can make money in voiceovers, right? Especially if you can get like a, a cartoon or something. Oh, then you make bank. How much do you think the Simpsons guys are making? Through the roof, right? Outrageous coin. Oh, at this point, oh, they're making crazy bank. Hank Azaria and uh, Dan Castanella, and and the and the rest of them. They're making five hundred grand an episode. I'm in the wrong business. I am so in the wrong business. It can't even be believed. Kamala Harris is in the wrong business because nobody that daft should be allowed to have the power to advise and consent. It shouldn't be allowed. Swing vote on the court. We need to make sure there are swing votes, and he's too conservative. It's not how it works. See, the 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 first rule is: uh, Do you believe the Constitution says what it says and doesn't say what what it doesn't say? And if the answer is yes, well, then okay, you're qualified. If you believe that the Constitution is a living, breathing document that has different interpretations for the times that you're in, well, then you can go back to Dairy Queen. You don't get on. That's the way it goes. That's my rule. That's my rule. I will admit, I am a Second Amendment litmus test guy. If you don't believe that the Constitution says you have the right to keep and bear arms, you got to go. Goodbye. Next. Gone. Out. If you want to lie and tell me, if you ever use the word musket when I talk to you about firearms, you're not good enough for the court. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not bright enough. You're not with it enough. And you're dishonest as all get out. Got to go. Oh, bye-bye.
She wants a swing vote for the court. Good on you, Kamala Harris. But we know that you're not going to vote for this guy. We understand that you're not going to uh, to vote for this guy. And that you 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 say you know you you are so willing to just uh, attack even before hearing a word he has to say. You don't think that he's got the 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 chops? The Supreme Court uses his decisions there in the D.C. Circuit Court to base their decisions on. He clearly has the chops. It goes without saying. But sure. Sure, that's uh that that that's great. I- I'm telling you, it's it, this is this is what they think is resistance. We don't like him. Okay, go win the presidential election. You'll be able to get nominees that you want. Go do it. But the the role of the of the Senate is not to say, hey, let's how much uh ag- aggrandizing can we do here? How much um, uh, popularizing, politicizing, uh, campaigning can we do through these speeches? Right? It's all going to be about campaigning through these speeches. And they're going to they're gonna have these big, long, drawn-out, oh, God, it's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. I'm done. I'm done. I can't talk about it anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm sick and tired of them. It's, it's, a la- it's, it's the purposeful anti-intellectualism. It's purposeful. They are okay with being daft. They're okay with never reaching for more. They're okay with being low energy and low rent, and they think you should be too, and I'm not okay with it, and I don't think any of us should be okay with it, and it sucks for the rest of us who actually want to have a conversation. The Constitution isn't something you get to pick and choose from, but they're desperate to do it. They're desperate to do it. And they want people out there who will engage the picking and the choosing. And then nothing said about abortion, but that's sacrosanct. Clearly written that the right to keep and bear arms should not be infringed. Well, that's really a question. And we should do more about that. And we fear that putting someone like this on the, on the court could have serious, serious issues for the Second Amendment. Dianne Feinstein. This happened. This, this happened. Let me, uh, let me see if I can play this for you. If the Supreme Court were to adopt your reasoning, I fear the number of victims would continue to grow and citizens would be rendered powerless in enacting sensible gun laws. You mean if Brett Kavanaugh becomes a member of the Supreme Court, we might actually protect the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms? Yeah, because your idea of sensible gun laws aren't sensible. You believe in the removal of the Second Amendment. You believe in the confiscation of firearms. You believe in the curtailing of the right to protect and defend oneself. This is who you are, and you think we should go along with this? That we should have somebody on the court who interprets to the idea of taking away the rights that we have? My goodness, maybe California has a point about getting rid of you. But who they're going to replace her with is going to be worse. Uh, Nah. They'll be the same. I don't think you get much worse than that. I'm Tony Katz.
Tony Katz, Facebook Tony Katz Radio, TonyKatz.com. Get the podcasts right over there. John Kyle replaces John McCain in Arizona. John Kyle is also known as former U.S. Senator John Kyle. People I'm hearing from pretty happy about this because it could have been Cindy McCain and that would have been a mess. Some people over the weekend after the funeral of, sorry, of, of, uh, of Senator McCain thought uh, Megan McCain should be picked. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, You know, it was weird. I, I, would, I did Fox uh, over the weekend. I was on Fox News, and I, was, I went on after the funeral. And Megan McCain had this eulogy that was, it was, it was not, I hope she doesn't regret it. It's exactly what I said on Fox. I hope she doesn't regret it. The, the slams on Trump, the anger, the vitriol. It's your father. You love him, you, you care about him, and, and I don't deny that both those things are true for her, right? I don't judge that at all, but when I was thinking about my own father, who was 80, and uh, when the time comes, because the time will come, hopefully get, let's get another decade under our belts and maybe another decade after that, see what happens. But when the time comes, you think I'm going to spend a second talking about the people who are unkind to him or, or, or said bad things, but I'm not going to give those people a moment of my thoughts on, on my final thoughts on my father, if you will. I wouldn't give those people a second. It wouldn't dawn on me to do something like that. Here was the, 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 the question uh, that was uh, asked of me from uh, Leland Vittert over there at Fox. Things that have been said about Senator John McCain, perhaps two of the most poignant ones and the most memorable ones were from his daughter earlier today. Listen to one and then get your thoughts. America does not boast because she has no need to. The America of John McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great. And, and Leland's like, uh, so... Thoughts? It's like, okay, I am not here to slam a mourning daughter. And I, and I actually said, if you're looking for me to slam a mourning daughter, I'm not doing it. But I hope she doesn't regret stuff like that. Because it, it did. I, I don't think she ends up looking well from that. She looked angry and, and bitter and, at the wrong, to me, the wrong things. Angry at cancer, bitter that you didn't get more time, sad that that he had to spend five years in such horror, uh, tortured in, in in Vietnam and live with the pain all that other time to a way people could never understand. But he still did this for me and that for me and this for me and that. Sure, but this, that anger I could get. This, I don't. I, I don't know what she was thinking at all. Absolutely, positively don't know what she was thinking. Um, and uh, the only thing I can, I can hope for her is that she finds some level of, of, of peace. I mean, she, this was her at the, at the eulogy. All the titles and the roles of a life that has been well-lived, they are not the greatest of his titles, nor the most important of his roles. He was a great man. We gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness, 
the real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served. I, I, I was talking about this earlier and actually found myself kind of uh, not being okay. Which I, I usually, I, I don't get emotional on air. It's just, it's not usually my style. Um, I can't imagine doing that for my father. I can't imagine doing that for my father. And I was trying to find this other uh, quote. I want to see if I can find it really quick. For the rest of my life, whenever I fall down, I get back up. Whenever I am hurt, I drive on. Whenever I am brought low, I rise. That is not because I am uniquely virtuous or strong or resilient. It is simply because my father, John McCain, was. See, that to me sounds like, like a eulogy, but I want to see if I can find it for you real quick. Sat me down and told me all of that and made me feel small because my complaint. Megan, he said. There it is. Instead, he made me feel loved. Megan, he said. His quiet voice that spoke with authority and meant you had best obey. Get back on the horse. Nah, I can't find it. I apologize. One of the things she, she says uh, is that, you know, she said, hey, in this eulogy, what, what is it that, that you'd want me to say? Or what is, and, and supposedly the answer that, that John McCain, Senator McCain gave to her is, show him how tough you are. And I, I said, I'm sorry, I don't know what the heck to do with that. Show them how tough you are. I cannot picture take, looking at one of my kids saying to me, what do you want me to say for your eulogy? And, tell, and telling them, show them how tough you are. What do you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a eulogy and, and it's your father. You, you say whatever it is you want to say. You put your words to whatever it is you think is important for people to know. Or you know what? Don't say anything. You don't have to perform for these people. You don't have to get up and say anything because you're 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 my kid. I love you. I don't I don't need the rest. What the, what the hell? Then again, I don't know if I would have planned the five day funeral that John McCain would have done. I'm a, I'm a much more private guy than that. But it, I. It, the only the only thing more like bothersome than 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 Meghan McCain's uh, eulogy, and it's 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 only bothersome in that I'm I I fear she's going to regret it because I think it is going to be something that people have a hard time grasping on the right side of the aisle. People are gonna be like, "Yeah, we're done. This was this wasn't the time or the moment, and this isn't. We're all willing to give you the loss of your father. Your father." But to us, he was Senator McCain, and he was a letdown on a lot of subjects. He was a personal letdown. We take it personally. And you don't get to say. You, you really don't. Well, you don't have the right to say that because you know him as, as a father. We don't, and no one should take that away from you. We knew him as a senator, and a lot of us weren't happy with what we got. And then you took this time to... To, to, to attack as opposed to remembering. And, and one of the things I said on, on Fox was that if the mission was to instill and, and further the legacy, no one's talking about that. No one's talking about that. They're talking about what it is you said. 
But the only thing crazier than this was the Aretha Franklin funeral and the fact that Louis Farrakhan was on the stage. That anti-Semite bigot was on the stage with uh, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, two race hustlers, also with their own anti-Semitism, and Bill Clinton. Wow. Wow. And then there was the whole bishop holding on to Ariana Grande and, and copping the feel. Have you watched... When I first saw that video, I'm like, okay, he's got her in close, and he's got his right arm around Ariana Grande, who's sang. He's got his hand high up, but I'm like, all right, he's he's just, I don't even think he's aware of what's happening. I watched the video a couple times. Um, he might, maybe, maybe he's aware. Uh, <laughs> it's just possible that he has the slightest idea. It is weird and it's crazy. And people are focused on that. The guy who did the 50-minute eulogy, a 50-minute eulogy, and he's talking about Black Lives Matter. He's talking about a whole bunch of things. He's not talking about Aretha Franklin. Not at all. And now the family's mad at him. I'm sorry. You put Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and Louis Farrakhan on stage. Man, I, I, I couldn't think less of Aretha right now if I wanted to. I mean... I'm sorry. Those are three awful people. Those are three awful people. Can you imagine how awful they are where I don't include Bill Clinton into the mix? Holy cow. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Uh, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings continue. Supreme Court nominee. That's who he is. That's Amy Klobuchar, right? Yeah. Senator from Minnesota making her opening statement, which is her opening diatribe. Because she was one of the people who wanted the whole hearing to be uh, postponed. Right? What does she have to say? What is she saying to, to the good judge? I said they dreamed of being a lawyer. We had no lawyers in my family, and my parents were the first in their families to go to college. I am done here. What but do somehow I, my... What the... <laughs> that, that's great, <laughs> Senator Klobuchar. There were no lawyers. There were no lawyers in your family now, and now there, there's a lawyer in your family, and, and I, I don't know what she's saying. Nobody knows what uh, she's saying at all. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, he's uh, leaving uh, Chicago. Well, he's no longer going to be the mayor of Chicago. He's not running for re-election, which means he's running for president of the United States. Rahm Emanuel's running for president of the United States. 2020 is going to be a clown show. Overheard. Here's Brian. All right. Welcome back from the holiday weekend. Are you aware the Labor Day is, in fact, one of the most traveled holiday weekends of the year? An estimated 35 million people traveling this Labor Day weekend. That's right. 35 million morons than you. Last Thursday, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm in Indianapolis. It's only three hours to Chicago if you lead foot it most of the way. So I get on that Waze app to check out what time I need to leave to get there by 6 p.m. Friday night. The app's like, uh, yeah, you should have left a week and a half. 
half ago, bub. So here's the deal. As you know, John McCain has passed on. He's probably in a better place, although as of yet, there's been no word on whether St. Peter gave him a thumb up or a thumb down when he arrived at the pearly gates. What we do know is that McCain and President Trump really didn't care for each other too much. But regardless, President Trump put all differences aside and sent Air Force Two to carry the body of McCain and his family to Washington, D.C. That way they could all be together in private and in full comfort for the late senator's final flight across the country. Meghan McCain, clearly touched by the gesture, took a few moments to reference President Trump during her eulogy to her father. We gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness. The real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served. All right, you know what? Megan's grieving. I'm going to cut her some slack here. But listen, babe, next time, don't spit in the face of a man who extends a gesture of kindness to you in your time of sorrow, all right? Deal with your grief in a healthy and productive manner like everyone else. Yell at the people you love for no reason at all. Snap at coworkers. Drown your sorrows in a few boxes of Twinkies, all right? Maybe just one box. Aretha Franklin's funeral was peppered with anti-Trump rhetoric as well, including references to Trump being a racist. How ironic, considering Louis Farrakhan was one of the invited guests. And Louis, you know, he doesn't care for the Jewish folks all that much. The wicked ones in the Jewish community, they are my enemies. Yeah, not a great choice in terms of optics for the event, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, Fox News apparently offered up their own tribute to Aretha with a very tasteful graphic featuring Patti LaBelle. So, you know, that ought to do wonders for the reputation of the brand, guys. Good on you, kids. Johnny Bobbitt, the homeless man who gave his last $20 to a woman in need, and then that woman wound up raising around $400,000 on his behalf. Well, she and her husband gave Bobbitt a few grand and then deposited the rest in their account for safekeeping, and then Bobbitt couldn't get the rest of his cash from him. So he lawyered up, and now the couple has been ordered to hand over what's left. Well, today, Johnny Bobbitt is still homeless, and he is living on the streets. By the way, I think that's what homeless is, babe. Well, today, Johnny Bobbitt is still homeless. Yeah. And and he is living on the streets. The guy has more money right now than most people listening to my voice, and he's still living in a box. Yeah, man, but hey, it's a, it's a double wide. Very nice. Meanwhile, the good-hearted couple who turned greedy appeared on Megyn Kelly after being told by a judge to fork over the rest of the cash. And didn't he go live with this couple? He did not. He They purchased a trailer with part of the money. And so he, where was that trailer? The trailer was put in their driveway. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, obviously this couple does not have kids. You know, because you can't do one of these social experiments if you have kids in the house. You know, most of the time, the homeless guy, he's going to be all right, you know? Might drink a little, smoke a little, prefer defecating on the sidewalk to using the facilities indoors. But you don't take those kinds of chances if you have kids, you know? And finally, Monica Lewinsky walked out of an interview over the weekend after the interviewer brought up Bill Clinton, the hashtag MeToo movement, and what whether the former president ever apologized to her personally. Do you still expect that apology with the personal apology? I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to do this. There she goes. I'm Brian Baker. Have a great day. Brian Baker, thank you. I'm Tony Katz. Hey, uh, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter at Tony Katz. Everyone talking Kaepernick and the whole Nike deal. And I get it. I get it. It's big news, right? It's big news that Kaepernick has, uh, or Nike has made Kaepernick the face of their Just Do It ad campaign for the 30th anniversary. And putting out uh, the uh, 
The ad saying uh, the ad reads, uh, "Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything." You know, and it's a picture of Kaepernick's soulful eyes. And people are like, "All right, what the hell is this?" And and to me, I'm not mad at Kaepernick. He took a job, right? He didn't take a job from the Broncos when they offered him a contract. And by the way, I got clarification on this. It was I always thought the 49ers offered him a, a contract. They did not. The Broncos did offer him a contract. It was for less money. He didn't sign it. Well, sometimes it's for less money. That's what you do sometimes. But you got offered a contract. You didn't take it. So you didn't sacrifice. You decided not to throw a football in the NFL. Curious to see where this collusion uh, thing goes. He's saying that the NFL is colluding to keep him out. And he and the NFL wanted the whole thing thrown out of court. And they were like, nah, it's going to move forward. Okay, now you got to prove the collusion. Is the plan to... Be able to say, okay, now we're here. Now we're going to subpoena everything. Now in discovery, we want everything. Now we're going to access everything. I mean, is that, the, is that the plan? Is that the plan? What if it's not collusion? What if the following happened? Owner A is like, yeah, I'm not hiring Kaepernick. It's, it's more baggage than I need. It's the same reason I didn't hire this person, this person, this person. And owner B says, yeah, I'm not interested. It's just, just not for me. It's somebody else's headache. Is that collusion or is that conversation? Just curious how that's going to go down. But this ad campaign, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. First of all, what a nonsensical thing. Believe in something. Believe in something what? Something valuable? Something important? Something bigger than yourself? Something monumental? Something that changes the world? Something that changes your life? Something that makes your family better? Believe in something what? Believe in something. I believe fish can talk. I believe in talking fish. You know why? Because that way when I eat sushi, I won't be so lonely. I know I don't understand believing something. It's nonsense. Even if it means sacrificing everything. Colin Kaepernick didn't sacrifice everything. He did everything except sacrifice everything. Even if you were to agree with him about kneeling during the national anthem, which ostensibly is about... Uh, bringing light to police brutality, which, well, that never happened. The only thing we're talking about in America is whether or not you should kneel for the national anthem. Right? He didn't sacrifice everything. That's not what happened. I And I'm convinced that's where the real issue is. I, I am not angry at Colin Kaepernick. He decided to take a knee. He took a knee. He deals with the consequences. and then, All right, I move on with my day. But I think he's wrong to take the knee only because it doesn't do anything. But... Neither here nor there. I don't care that he gets paid by Nike. That's Nike's business, not my business. I can decide not to buy Nike products. But if you want to say he sacrificed, uh, no, he did not. The only thing we know for sure he didn't do is sacrifice. He did not sacrifice. People have been saying Pat Tillman played for the Cardinals. 9-11 comes. He decides to join the military. He gets killed. That's a guy who sacrificed. You know what I've been saying? Tammy Duckworth. Senator from Illinois, helicopter pilot, lost, lost both her legs, the use of an arm, badly damaged the arm. All she did was get elected senator, had a baby while she was a senator. Yeah, that's all she did. That woman sacrificed. She's a Democrat. Whatever. I'll disagree with her about policy, but, but holy cow, you better be damn well impressed with the story. Just so we're perfectly clear. That's a woman who sacrificed. She gave. Colin Kaepernick, no. I think that's where people are bothered. But then they're getting just 
dumb and they're they're burning their stuff. They're burning their stuff. They're they they have Nike shoes, you know, and and they've got their their hats and their and and their shorts and they're burning them. They put him in an ad campaign. Yeah, the ad campaign is wrong, and you respond with with burning your stuff. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It's a nonsense response. It is a nonsense response. So listen, don't, 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 don't burn your stuff. Donate it. Somebody needs your stuff. Don't buy Nike again if you don't want to. And by the way, the, the stock has been down and, and there's real issues there. Nike had to know what it's doing, right? I think Nike took this position and said, you know what? The athletes are going to still love us. NBA is going to love us. Everyone's going to be like, you know, mad respect. And what are the what are the other shoe companies going to do? They're going to be the official sneaker of the Republicans? I mean, they're not gonna, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do, right? So and, and they figure if they take a hit, it'll be a short while, and then everyone will be like, ooh, Nike's on sale, and they'll buy more Nikes. Right? But they're going to build a, a level of, of core loyal audience by doing this, and it's worth it to them. This is not social justice. Was it Bridget Fest? Uh, Festy was was saying that I can never I can never get her name right. The one from Playboy, she's like, this isn't social justice. This is economics. This was a good economic move for them, and they did it. Makes perfect sense to me. I just think it's a bad campaign. I think it's a bad campaign. Oh, oh, and then there's this pastor. I got to get into that. I'll get that. Give me a second. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. I I don't mean to belabor the Kaepernick point, but this happened today. I see a tweet from a guy named John Pavlovitz. I don't know who John Pavlovitz is. Author, pastor, he's on Twitter. Author, pastor, activist, unapologetically committed to fighting for equality, diversity, compassion, love, and justice. He's a, he's in North Carolina. John Pavlovitz. I don't know who the dude is, but okay. All right. And uh, his his uh, latest is uh, um, well he's got he's got a book but I'm not gonna say that his latest article Colin Kaepernick was right about us it was right about right about us I don't I don't know who us is Ari I was finding out Colin Kaepernick was right about us white America he was right to kneel because when he did he fully exposed us he exposed us and we became viscerally disgusted not by the reckless disregard of black lives but by the earnest and open declaration of black grief at their premature passing. Oh, Ari, he's talking about you. He's talking about you, Ari Castle. He exposed us when we felt it was our right to tell another human being how to express their personal freedoms during an anthem supposedly devoted to celebrating those personal freedoms. Sorry, that, that argument so doesn't work. No one is talking about the free speech rights of Colin Kaepernick, but when you're playing football, you're on someone else's dime. Go start your own team. Do what you want. But that, but if, if the boss says no, then the answer is no. That's all there is to it. Private citizen, during the day, do what you want. Game time, if they have a system, you follow the system. Everybody, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this for sure. 
He exposed us when we treasured flags and songs over flesh and blood. Okay, you can. That's that's who this guy is, right? Um, that that that's who he is. So he had tweeted out. Anyone participating in a Nike boycott is proving exactly why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in the first place, because too many white people value their songs and flags and privilege above the lives of people of color. Now you sh- we should know that John Pavlovitz is white. Right, but he's woke white, right? That which, by the way, woke white should be a color from Sherman Williams. You should be able to get that immediately on the wall. Woke white. Um, so uh, too many white people value their songs and flags and privilege above the lives of people of color. And I wrote, I think it's interesting that you excoriate quote unquote white people for valuing the symbol of the American flag, but you believe firmly in the symbolism of taking a knee in front of that flag. That's an interesting one-two punch, which I thought it, it was. He responded, what's interesting is you taking offense at someone's expression of freedom during a song supposedly celebrating that freedom. When did I ever say I take offense? At what moment in our exchange did I say I take offense? And you learn quickly what Twitter does. And you learn quickly exactly uh, the, the, the horrors involved. Pastor Pavlovitz here Figures he's got me, you know, summed up. He's got me all figured out like that. Why bother to get to know me? Why bother engaging in a conversation? Right? I took his tweet, knowing nothing else, and nothing else about him, and said it's odd, right? It's an interesting thing. You're excoriating, quote-unquote, white people, even though there might be white people who agree with you, but that doesn't matter to you because you have deemed yourself the king of the white people and the speaker of the white people, so you speak for all the white people, so you talk about white people as if you are not white. You'd say that they value the flag as somehow wrong, but the symbolism of kneeling in front of the flag, that's valuable. That is an interesting one-two punch. Then you respond, it's interesting that I take offense at someone's expression of freedom during a song supposedly celebrating that freedom. Well, no, I didn't say anything like that. And it goes to a Will Wheaton piece. Uh, Will Wheaton uh, is uh, the guy who was uh, Star Trek. He was not. He was uh, Wesley Crusher on Star Trek. You sometimes see him in Big Bang Theory. And he was a Twitter guy for forever. And then he quit Twitter. And he quit Twitter because, in his words, people were unbelievably horrible to me and I didn't deserve it. If you take a look at Will Wheaton's Twitter feed, he attacked people viciously, constantly for their politics and other things that he deemed unacceptable. And then he decides to quit because he was treated so terribly. And what I learned from that in this... This... Little back and forth here from Pat. Never mind this this guy's woke politics. Is that people do not realize their vitriol? And for me, it, you know, I I will even further my making sure I take a step back and understand it, because oh, I can throw, but I try very hard not to get red meaty, which is I know some people are like Tony. Oh, go listen to some radio. I can talk the talk. I don't have to be just vicious angry about it. There are times where I'm I'm pretty pissed, but not vicious angry. But I think people don't understand their own levels of vitriol. And they don't understand the 
the, the grouping that they do of people as opposed to getting to know people. Here I respond specifically to a tweet in question. And here this guy, the pastor, responds by putting me into a group that he has already deemed unfit because why get to know me on a personal level? Right? This is this is so much of where we are. So much of where we are. I'll, I'll get into more of this. I really got to more break this down. TonyCats.com for the podcast. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter at Tony Katz. Instagram. I've got good stuff up there. Tony Katz as well. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.